Coming up in this podcast, the ins and outs of remote project management, how experienced managers keep social contact and unity within their teams, and which tools they use to keep their projects alive and on track. I'll be back with you in just a few seconds. Welcome to the Bayard Partnerships podcast channel. I'm Harley Lovegrove, and it is my pleasure to share with you the broad range of topics which my studio guests and I explore together. The Bayard podcast channel is made possible through the Partnerships Academy program. Managing projects remotely. In this series, I want to explore the topic of remote project management and all the challenges and benefits it brings. With so many people having to switch to running their entire projects remotely, it might be reassuring to know that for some, this has been their way of life for a long time now. Part 1. Can it work? Can it ever be as good as face-to-face project management? To help me explore this topic, I'm joined by Luigi Belli, a seasoned Agile project manager, formerly from the banking world and now working out of Brussels for Amazon. Kim Tuluren, CEO of the marketing agency UANIC. Bayard colleague Patrick de Merlinar, a project and program manager with a broad background in numerous project methodologies, who today is managing Agile teams for Belgium's bus industry. And Paul Bennington, a Bayard colleague and a civil engineer with a background of more than 20 years in automotive and now working for our client DHL. Welcome all. I wanted to start actually this afternoon with you, Patrick, because you uh, actually came out with a statement. You said, after three weeks, I'm very much convinced that remote working can be very efficient. And I'm sure it's an eye-opener for all control freaks out there. It's not necessarily to stay active in isolation. And, and I had the feeling from all of the comments that you contributed towards your ideas and tips and tricks, that they were kind of upbeat and that you were feeling comfortable and confident about this way of working. Well, maybe two reactions on that point. Um, the first one, um, in the first week of the, let's call it a semi-lockdown, I had some managers um, in, in, in the company that were, yeah, it felt like they, they, they were losing control. They, they, they didn't see people working anymore. Um, uh, some, one, of, one of them called me and said, Patrick, do you realize we have 600K of people working at home? I said, yes. And what's the point? Um, Yes, but are they really working? How can we be sure that they are working? Uh, I say that doesn't make a lot of difference if they are uh, coding in the office or if they are coding at home. The result should be the same. Yes, but we we cannot see them anymore. So so how how can we be sure? I simply said, okay, uh, if they are still uh, doing what they are supposed to do, and if we continue having our meetings, our stand-ups, and our uh, demos, and our uh, um, uh, stakeholder meetings, then then that that will be the proof that uh, that 
that that they are still working here. Ah, and, okay. and what happened then, Patrick, over the next few weeks? Because I also saw you you were talking about some new technologies like Slack and Miro that you started to use for some of your teams. And let's be let's be let's share share this that actually you work in a very agile way with your your teams. Did you just suddenly bring these technologies in, like from one day to the next, or was it technologies that your team were already using and familiar with? Well, Slack is a technology that we were already using before, but I think we started using some of those tools in in in, in a different way, in a, in a way that more suits the the, the actual situation. Uh, for example, um, some of the teams have their uh, retrospective meetings. They use uh, Miro uh, because it's an it's an ideal tool to have a kind of whiteboard and to uh, simultaneously uh, interact on the same whiteboard and. So you can easily shuffle your cards on the whiteboard, and um, it's 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 kind of a, a helpful tool or a useful tool if you if you are working um, remotely, as we are now, and and so we all have the same view on the board, and we can we can interact in that way. Uh, I see that uh, Luigi, you're you're nodding away. So this that means that you're also using Miro uh, with your agile team because you're also got a lot of experience with managing agile teams completely remotely. In fact, over a number of years, your team have been in in in, in Romania, if I remember correctly. So so how do you use Miro? Is that in a similar way to to Patrick's team? Uh, no, not really, but we were evaluating Miro, and uh, we used another tool, which is a free tool which has a very similar uh, look and feel. Uh, but uh, yes, I was nodding because basically we were using also some tools uh, and, uh, which helped a lot in uh, clarifying and brainstorming around some concepts. We could do better what was uh, uh, something that went wrong during the Agile Sprint. So uh, yeah, I recognize and I uh, support many of the things uh, that have been said by Patrick so far. So uh, that was why. <laughs> Okay. And, yeah, tools are now uh, helping a lot, I would say, with uh, with remote teams, uh, but not only that. So uh, we should also consider the next stages. Uh, so it's not just uh, tooling, but also contacts with people and uh, yeah, visuals, videos, all those kind of things should all blend together to effectively. Yeah, that's okay for you and your, your younger generation and your <laughs> trendy uh, software development teams. I mean, <laughs> I mean, this is cool. I mean, I've been, I've, been, I've been struggling with teams a little bit, to be honest with you, and it hasn't got a lot of functionality. And theory is one thing, and you think, oh, this should work. And then whilst you're doing your presentation, bam, it stops working, or the button that you see in the training video from Microsoft doesn't exist on your version or whatever. I'm really interested to see from a change management perspective, Patrick, I want to come back to you first, if you don't mind, that I know that you've got a very wide bunch of people. It's not all just software developers. And in, and in the organization you're in, you've got a lot of people in the management team who definitely probably are not as switched on, shall we say, as your, your younger team. Um, for example, using Slack, I mean, I don't want to advertise Slack. I don't even know what it does. I mean, but you've decided to use this tool. What do you use it for? And then how did you get people to use it? Because that's kind of difficult, no, to get people to use a tool creatively because they've got to learn it, who taught them, and, and what are you doing with it? Yeah, but well, like I said, uh, Slack was already already used before. But yeah. um, for example, well, Slack basically is 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 a chat a chat tool that that, that allows 
people to have uh, to have chat conversations. So we only use it for not not to store information that that should be retrievable afterwards. It's it's just for daily conversations, things of which you don't need a history afterwards. But for example, we used it differently because a lot of teams um, started using uh, specific channels. So you, you can create small groups of, of chat groups within within Slack. And a lot of people started using that, for example, to prepare their stand-up meetings, to yeah, to have other kind of 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 uh, of, of, of conversation channels. Patrick, is is Slack then is one of the things that's actually a feature of it? The fact that you d conversations, the chats are not stored, they're not kept. Does that actually change the way that they behave and the things they say? Then that must that must change the conversation, I suppose. The fact that yep. they know that they can chat something and it won't be used against them later on. That's that's true. And, and for, for other um, information, um, uh, we, we use also other tools. Huh? We use also Microsoft Teams for, for example, after a meeting, if we, if we, if we had a meeting in, um, uh, with Teams like we're having uh, right now, uh, afterwards you can add um, um, the, the summary of the meeting. You can, you can uh, attach it to this, to this uh, meeting history so that afterwards the meeting notes are directly attached to, uh, to this meeting. So that's... Uh, and everything that's uh, long-term documentation, things we have to retrieve afterwards, we use our other classic channels like we have uh, Confluence and 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 or, or another wiki tool that, that that we use or Basecamp where you say okay here we have to keep some some long-term information. So actually we 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 didn't start using uh, let's say different tools all of a sudden. We just use them more intensively and and a little bit more differently. Uh, Okay, I want to switch to Paul, if I may. Um, what is your been your experience now of switching to online? Because some of the, the, the arguments you have are kind of contradictory. On the one hand, you're saying, "Hey, now people can focus and they can get on with their work," but at the same time, you've got this problem with uh, how you how you remain focused on your work, how you remain concentrated on your work, and you were sort of questioning what that work ethic might be like. Um, so I agree firstly with what Patrick said. So um, you don't actually need to see somebody to know that they're actually working for you because in, in any project you're measured by your milestone. Um, and what we actually um, notice potentially now is that people are not online at the same time. You know, some people like to work very early in the morning and some people are night owls and they'll work later. And that's... Um, that doesn't help the communication, but provided that the milestones are clear, the documents can be provided. And I don't, uh, because we're working online, doesn't change the way that you share documents. So, uh, that, uh, are you feeling more confident that you can keep your projects and things under control on re working remotely than before? I mean, are you more scared about hitting the deadlines because of remote working, or is it likely to be the same, do you think? Um, honestly speaking, I would be I'm mildly concerned because um, although um, meeting the milestone and having the um, the relevant documents ready at the right time doesn't change if you're um, uh, working from home or working in the office. The only difference is uh, is understanding the progress that you're making towards that milestone, which is less easy when you don't have that that real. Uh, online, uh, not online, the, the real face-to-face -face communications, if you like, uh, working in the office. 
Okay, essentially, Luigi, I'd like to bring you back a little bit because you've been working remotely with your 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 development teams for, for actually for for a year or more. I mean, you've actually used to this. This is the situation normal, so it's nothing new to you. If I was to bring your team and put them in your office in Brussels from Romania, move them there, and they were going to work there from now on, do you think that you would get more done? Do you think it would be more efficient, more cost-effective? No, actually, it would be completely the opposite. I think this is quite uh, strange, but because the people were used to work remotely, when they will engage together, they will tend more uh, to socialize, which is what uh, it's not happening all the time. So it's uh, it's like uh, going for more chit-chatting and uh, things that doesn't happen uh, so often. So uh, it's like, uh, you know, people are just sitting one next to each other and uh, yeah, girls might look at the different clothes and say, oh, nice clothes you have. Uh, how did you vote that? And so on. Men could uh, start talking about uh, soccer games or other things like this. Uh, so yeah, it, it would be probably sometimes uh, even less productive than uh, uh, looking at them uh, working remotely. That, that's very interesting. Come on, Patrick, what about yeah. you? I mean, you, you're really making this massive switch now because you've had to, but you've also got a team who are up, up very comfortable with new technology. What about you when you're talking to your management team and going to make your promises on, on what you're going, your team's going to deliver? Do you feel that it's going to be more difficult to, to hit your targets and stuff now than before? Or? No, actually not. I, um, we also have uh, regular uh, management meetings and um, um, even, even at, at, at management level, I now after three weeks, huh, except for the, for the first week or the first week and a half, I now have the impression that they, they realize that even after the breakdown, things will be different. Um, I, I heard some managers say, um, um, I, I don't think I will, I will, I will travel to the office every day anymore. Um, uh, someone said to me, do you realize that working this way saves me more than 10 hours a week? That's 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 a full working day. Yeah. And if even managers are starting to, to to reason like that, I think we'll we'll actually we'll see some 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 different work environments as uh, after the after the lockdown. So if on top of that we can we can prove by by um, by delivery that 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 there is not really a difference between a programmer or even a whole team working working remotely or working in the office, I think we're heading for uh, a new working culture. Uh, but to put, pin you down a little bit, Patrick, so are you basically saying to me now, and probably your management team will be watching this. That as far as you're concerned, you don't think that this new remote way of working is going to hold back your productivity of your you or your, or your team? Not at all. I'm, oh, I'm, okay. I'm even at the point of saying we are working more efficiently than before. Okay, that's it. More efficiently, people are not disturbed anymore. They're not, uh, like Paul said, the small talk is, is a little bit gone now. Uh, Although that also has its charm, of course, the yeah. coffee chats and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But, but even that we we organize remotely. We say okay, from 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 10:30 to 10:45, we open up a channel. Uh, everybody who's, who's who's who has the need to have a little bit of social talk calls into the open channel, and uh, we are all there drinking our coffee and having having some a little a little chat. So that's interesting. You're bringing that topic up because. 
you know, as chairman of Bayard and, 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 and you know, you're the senior management team, your CEOs and that lot, we always say that we have to do our business. It used to be on the golf course in the UK, but now for me, it's over lunch and we go for lunch, we go for a meal with people. And I'd like to bring uh, Kim in here because actually Kim is suggesting that you can actually have a lunch meeting virtually. Now, is this something I should be doing, Kim? Should I be actually inviting my, my opposite numbers uh, in other uh, our clients for lunch virtually? I think it might be a solution to uh, getting in touch with them. Huh? I had a, a coffee uh, date with one of my team members yesterday. It was, wasn't the same like meeting in person, of course. But it's an alternative. And I think as long as we're working from home, that we should use every possibility to get some social contact in, in the working day because it's getting, uh, sometimes it's getting a, a bit a bit lonely, I yeah. think. Well, that's right. Uh, but if you, live in, if you live in Luigi's world, it's not a problem because in Luigi's world, he actually doesn't want people to look at each other's clothes or have any kind of social contact like that. And he wants to keep them as far away from him as possible. I'll let you come back. Yeah, I'm being a bit unfair on you. I was thinking uh, that uh, earlier when you were talking about um, uh, some people that are working more efficiently when they're alone and that they don't really need that social contact every day or uh, yeah. every uh, hour uh, for that matter but I think it's also it also depends on on the type of personality that that someone has and uh, that might be stereotyping but I think maybe in in uh, with developers and in IT it might be less necessary to to uh, engage in in the social contact well Paul is um, modding and I got Lu Luigi sort of shaking he's not sure I mean obviously <laughs> I know that when I was a project manager and managing big programs, I'm quite a serious and, and strict kind of person in many ways. And, um, and that the team, you know, I wouldn't really socialize with the team, but they would have lots of social events kind of without me, if you know what I mean. They did their own thing and whatever. I was more seen as a management connection in your project management style remotely. Um, yeah, I was saying that, uh, well, we make clear uh, the thing that uh, the social aspect plays a very important role for everybody. So it's not only developers, but it's also our uh, managers, our uh, executives always need uh, a social contact. So that's, uh, that's uh, in, our, uh, in our nature, I would say. So, uh, but uh, beyond that, to answer you, to your question, teams, of course, needs to find time to bond together, to be, uh, to be effective. Uh, so they, they need to find their time, their way uh, to, to get together, either virtually or physically. That doesn't really matter. So today, for instance, with teams, uh, that I had the uh, chance to lead remotely, we had to establish also some new house rules, how to get together uh, virtually and uh, how to do that. So for, for me, after some time, um, I stressed the fact that actually uh, having the people on video was a must. Okay, so you switching that camera on was the important element. Exactly, yeah, that's one thing. And then of course, having your picture on your, all of your um it's really important because i can picture who's saying who's who is saying something yeah something that also helps is to if you have 
a picture with you and uh, the people of your team. So uh, those kind of things helps creating some natural bonding between the people because you won't feel alone. If you look at your pictures around you, uh, I'm, I bet you have some pictures of you and your family in your house. So the same yeah. should be with your, uh, with your teams. Indeed, I saw that on your comments. And Paul, you were you were kind of nodding there. I mean, what's your experience? How are you going to have this social connection? I mean, without it being too forced. I mean, how is it going to work? Well, this is the the interesting point because I'm maybe I'm I'm a little bit different from uh, Luigi and Patrick. The uh, concentration aspect is where you just have a single activity to focus on, and you have an entire day to focus on that activity. If as a project leader, you have maybe five or six different threads that you need to follow all of the time. You need to be in constant contact with lots of different people. And that's where I think I see a, a slight difference. In terms of building a team, um, I have more contacts outside the team that I'm working with than I do primarily within the team. So, yeah, same as me, yeah. yeah so, yeah. My, what I'm missing, and the, and the thing that's really uh, that I commented on was more along the lines of, you know, I need to walk down the corridor and just you speak to somebody and you get more out of that five minutes than you would if you were um, trying to do it online. And I've had the situation today where it's taken me um, another couple of hours to have a conversation with somebody because on their Skype, it always says they're in a call, they're in a meeting. Ah, yeah, you don't know where they are, you don't see them, but you exactly. see them at the coffee machine or you see them leave the office and you can sort of head them off yeah. at the pass, so to speak. Yeah. So the social aspect is um, um, building a team spirit, uh, I think is, is a lot of that is being visible and actually being available as well. Okay, I just want to wrap this up a little bit. So Patrick, if I invite you for lunch, <laughs> Will you accept? I mean, is this in your culture? Is this something that you would imagine doing or with someone in your team? I think so. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm questioning. I'm, I'm, I wonder how account managers, for example, these days are, are doing their job. Um, yeah. how, how are they contacting their customers if they um, cannot see them anymore? Do they, do they also have some Skype meetings? Uh, um, I suppose that they are still uh, active. Well, I'm going to bring a couple into the next conversation and we'll ask them how they're actually doing it. But it, it, it's, but it is, how do you make that social contact in, in, in your groups? How do you keep it? Is it just that chat or is there, do you take as a program lead, do you take a kind of deliberate effort to ensure that happens or is it just happening organically within your team? I think the, the teams, the different teams, um, are 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 dealing with that, and uh, actually in in, the, in their own way. Some teams do do an after work chat uh, at, at at five o'clock. They uh, uh, yeah, they they have an informal uh, an informal chat. Uh, some of them lunch together. Others uh, they are having lunch together. Kim, Kim, <laughs> Patrick's team are having lunch together. Yeah, yeah. Some teams are they 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 are they are they are eating their sandwich together while having a conversation like we are having having right now, oh. and um, um, others do some cross training exercises uh, together uh, in the morning. They say, okay, uh, we do some we do some training and. Uh, oh really? They, That's interesting because there's two things. I was a bit worried, Kim, when you were talking about invite people for lunch or do your conference over lunch. I was a bit concerned that you were trying to force people to work in the lunch break, but that wasn't what you were saying. And it's not what you were saying either, Patrick, is it? That, that you actually could just 
eat, share your sandwiches, well, not physically share them, but share your lunch together and not actually be a working lunch. It's a social no, no, exactly. Yeah, but I, I also imagine that it can happen with a, with a working lunch. Huh? If you, yeah, yeah why not? Uh, to see meal together, but. <laughs> well, listen, guys, I found some very interesting insight to our, our, our first topic today, and I want to thank you all for coming. Uh, and we will continue uh, another day. But for now, I'm just going to say thank you very much. And uh, I will look forward to chatting to you on the same topic in the future. Okay. So bye. Thank you very much indeed, Paul. Thank you. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Kim. Thanks. This podcast was made possible thanks to the Biob Partnerships Academy programme. It was presented by me, Harley Lovegrove. The music was taken from a live recording of Mozart's First Symphony, given by the Lucker Chamber Orchestra, conducted by Michel Tilcan. It was recorded as part of the Young Belgian Talent Initiative, of which the Biob Partnership is proud to present itself as a platinum sponsor. You can find the full video of the concert on YouTube. Just search for Young Belgian Talent Michel Tilcan, Mozart Symphony No. 1. Thank you. See you next time.